Eclampsia. Eclampsia is known as a known complication of preeclampsia during pregnancy and is associated with morbidity and mortality of both the mother and the fetus if not properly diagnosed. Preeclampsia and eclampsia are of the four categories associated with hypertensive disorders in pregnancy. The other three categories include chronic hypertension, gestational hypertension, and preeclamptic superimposed or chronic hypertension. Preeclampsia, the precursor of eclampsia, has had an evolving definition over the recent years. The definition of preeclampsia initially included protein in the urea as a, a diagnostic requirement, but it is no longer the case as some patients has had advanced disease before proteinuria detection. Preeclampsia is defined as a new onset hypertension with systolic blood pressure greater than that of, uh, or equal to 140 milliliters of mercury or diastolic blood pressure greater than 90 millimeters of mercury after 20 weeks of gestation with proteinuria and or, or end organ dysfunction, renal dysfunction, liver dysfunction, central nervous system disturbances, pulmonary edema, thrombocytopenia. Eclampsia is defined as the new onset of generalized tonic-clonic seizures in a woman with preeclampsia. Eclamptic seizures can occur antepartum, 20 weeks after gestation, intrapartum, and postpartum. Seizures before 20 weeks are rare, but have been doc documented in gestational triboblastic disease. Etiology. The, the exact etiology of eclampsia is still unclear despite the advances of the understanding of, of preeclampsia. It is proposed that there is an increased permeability of blood-brain barrier during preeclampsia, which causes an alteration in cerebral blood flow due to impaired autoregulation. Epidemiology. Hypertensive disorders including chronic hypertension, gestational hypertension, preeclampsia, and chronic hypertension superimposed on, on preeclampsia affect as many as 10% of all pregnancies worldwide and are responsible for approximately 10% of all maternal deaths in the United States. The incidence of preeclampsia has increased over the past last couple of decades, increasing the morbidity and mortality among mothers and neonates. In the United States, African American women have a higher incidence of preeclampsia with a threefold higher rate of maternal mortality compared to their white counterparts. Additional risk factors associated with preeclampsia include increasing maternal age above 40 a prior history of preeclampsia, multifetal gestation, obesity, chronic hypertension, pregestational diabetes, a renal disease, antiphosphaloid syndrome, thrombophilia lupus, and in vitro fertilization. Pathophysiology. There are two proposed pathophysiologic mechanisms for preeclampsia, both of which stem from the initial disease process, preeclampsia. The pathogenesis of preeclampsia is linked to abnormal pl placentation. In normal pregnancy, fetal citrophoblasts migrate into the maternal uterus and cause remodeling of the endometrial vasculature for the blood supply of the placenta. In preeclampsia, there is an inadequate invasion of the cy citroblasts, thus leading to poor remodeling of the spiral arteries, which reduces the blood supply to the placenta. Abnormal blood supply leads to increased uterine arterial resistance and vasoconstriction, which ultimately produces placental ischemia and oxidative stress. Free radicals and cytokines, such as vascular endothelial growth factor 1, or VEGF, are released as a direct result of oxidative stress, which leads to endothelial damage. In addition, 
angiogenic or pro-inflammatory proteins negatively contribute to maternal endothelial function. Endothelial disruption occurs not only at the site of the uterus, but also at the cerebroendothelium, which leads to neurological disorders, including eclampsia. Other proposed mechanism that is elevated blood pressure from preeclampsia causes dysfunction of autoregulation of the cerebral vasculature, which causes hypoperfusion, endothelial damage, or edema. History and physical. Eclampsia is a disease uh, process primarily related to the diagnosis of preeclampsia and can occur antepartum, during delivery, and up to six weeks postpartum. Women with eclampsia generally present after 20 weeks of gestation, with a majority of cases occurring after 28 weeks of gestation. The hallmark physical exam finding for eclampsia is generalized tonic-clonic seizures, which typically last 60 to 90 seconds in duration. A postictal phase is often present after seizure activity. Patients can have warning symptoms such as headaches, visual changes, abdominal pain, and increased blood pressure before the onset of seizure activity. Evaluation. Evaluation. Patients with eclampsia present with generalized clonic-tonic seizures. The evaluation for eclampsia is centered around the diagnosis of preeclampsia as it's known as it as is a known life-threatening complication of the disease process. The diagnosis of preeclampsia is primarily centered on blood pressure as the patient develops new onset hypertension after 20 weeks of gestation. Patients with a systolic blood pressure of greater than 140 millimeters of mercury or or diastolic blood pressure greater than or equal to 90 millimeters of mercury have the criteria for the new onset hypertension. In addition to elevated blood pressure, patients also have one of the following, proteinuria, renal dysfunction, liver dysfunction, central nervous system symptoms, pulmonary edema, and thrombocytopenia. Proteinuria is no longer essential for the diagnosis of preeclampsia. However, this criterion is often still included in the current diagnosis. Proteinuria is defined as at least 300 milligrams of protein in a 24-hour urine sample or a, a, a urinary protein-creatinine ratio of 0.3 or greater. Other essential labs include a hepatic panel to assess liver function, a CBC to assess platelet function, and a basic metabolic profile to assess GFR and kidney function. Transaminase level greater than two times the upper limit of normal without right upper quadrant or epigastric pain are consistent with preeclampsia. Platelet levels greater than 100,000 are also included in the diagnosis of preeclampsia. The presence of pulmonary edema on chest x-ray or exam in conjunction with elevated blood pressure is concerning for the development of preeclampsia. Central nervous system uh, symptoms associated with preeclampsia, pre-eclampsia diagnose, in, uh, diagnosis include headache and visual disturbances. Obstetric ultrasound imaging with Doppler ultrasonography is useful to assess the effects of preeclampsia on the fetus, such as intrauterine growth restriction. Ultrasound is also useful to monitor or for further complications, such as placental abruption. Fetal non-stress tests should be performed to assess the fetus antepartum. Treatment and management. Eclamptic uh, seizures are a medical emergency and require immediate treatment. Uh, to prevent mortality in both the mother and the fetus. Actively seizing patients should have their airways secured to prevent aspiration. To The patient should be placed on their left side and suction should be applied to help with the oral secretions. Other airway adjuncts should be readily available if the patient deteriorates and requires intubation. Magnesium sulfate should be given to control the convulsions and is the first-line treatment. 
for eclamptic seizures. A loading dose of 4 to 6 grams should be given intravenously over 15 to 20 minutes. A maintenance dose of 2 grams per hour should be subsequently administered. Magnesium treatment should be continued for at least 24 hours after a patient's last seizure. Special attention must be made to be, when given this medication. It can lead to toxicity and cause respiratory paralysis, central, ner central nervous system depression, and cardiac arrest. It is essential to monitor reflexes, creatinine function, and urinary output with magnesium administration. Other anti-epileptic medications include diazepam and phenytoin. Benzodiazepines and barbiturates are used for refractory seizures that are unresponsive to magnesium. Uh, Levothacaram or valproic acid are alternatives to patients with myasthenia gravis and eclampsia as magnesium and phenytoin cause increased muscle weakness, which could lead to a myasthenia crisis. Ultimately, immediate obstetrics consultation is required. Women with severe preeclampsia who are greater than 34 weeks gestation and are unable either from a maternal or fetal perspective should undergo delivery as soon as the mother is stabilized. Corticosteroids should be given to uh, women with fetal gestation less than 34 weeks of, of time and circumstances permit to help aid in lung maturation. Delivery should not be delayed for steroid administration. Ultimately, the definitive treatment for preeclampsia and eclampsia is the delivery of the fetus. The, deliver the route of the delivery as well as the timing is based on maternal and fetal factors. Patients with, pre with severe preeclampsia should be given magnesium sulfate prophylactically to prevent eclamptic seizures. In addition, it is important to control blood pressure in pregnant women with preeclampsia. The American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology recommends that antihypertensive treatment be started in women with systolic blood pressure greater than 160 millimeters of mercury or diastolic blood pressure greater than 110 millimeters of mercury or more on two occasions at least four hours apart unless the antihypertensive therapy is initiated before this time. First-line pharmacological treatment of hypertension in pregnant women include labetalol, nifedipine, and hydrazoline. The initial dose of labetalol, labetalol is 20 milligrams IV. This dose can be doubled to 40 milligrams, then 80 milligrams at a 10-minute intervals until target blood pressure is reached. IV hydrazoline is dosed at 5 to 10 milligrams over two minutes. An additional 10 milligram IV can be administered after 20 minutes if the systolic blood pressure is greater than 160 millimeters of mercury, or the diastolic blood blood is greater than 110 millimeters of mercury. Nifedipine given orally at the end of initial dose of 10 milligram. If the systolic blood pressure is greater than 160 milligrams or diastolic greater than 110 milligrams after 30 minutes, give an additional 20 milligrams of nifedipine. A second dose of 20 milligrams of nifedipine can be given after an additional 30 minutes. Blood pressure control is crucial uh, postpartum as the risk for preeclampsia is highest during the, during the 48 hours after birth. Systolic blood pressure should be less than 150 milligrams so 150 millimeters of mercury and diastolic blood pressure should be less than 100 millimeters of mercury on two readings at least four hours apart. Treatment should also be initiated if the systolic blood pressure is greater than 160 millimeters of mercury or diastolic blood pressure is greater than 110 millimeters of mercury after one hour. Magnesium sulfate should be continued for 12 to 24 hours post-delivery. Differential diagnosis. A list of differential diagnoses should be based on the patient's history and physical exam findings. Differential diagnoses should include electrolyte abnormalities, toxins, infection, head trauma, ruptured aneurysm, and brain malignancy. If the patient is having persistent neurological symptoms, one should also consider stroke and intracranial hemorrhage. Chronic hypertension, chronic renal disease, primary seizure disorder, gallbladder disease, antiphosphaloid syndrome, hemolytic uremic syndrome, pancreatic disease, immune thrombocytopenic purpura, thrombo, thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura, 
toxins, ruptured aneurysm, brain tumor, stroke, intracranial hemorrhage. Prognosis, hypertensive disorders, including preeclampsia and eclampsia, affect 10% of pregnancies in the United States and worldwide. Despite advancements in medical management, it remains the leading cause of maternal and perimortal morbidity and mortality worldwide. While rates of eclampsia specifically have decreased, there's still a very serious complication of pregnancy. Complications. Several complications may result from eclampsia. The patient may require intubation after a seizure due to decreased level of consciousness. When the patient does require intubation, blood pressure management is crucial as laryngoscopy causes hypertensive response and may result in intracranial hemorrhage. Patients with preeclampsia are also at risk for respiratory failure in the form of acute respiratory distress syndrome, as well as pulmonary edema. In addition, women may experience renal failure and liver failure, with severe forms of eclampsia. Posterior reversible encephalopathy syndrome, PRES, a neurological condition, is another complication that can result in patients with eclampsia. Patients with uh, posterior reversible encephalopathy syndrome can have a variety of symptoms, including headaches, seizures, changes in mental status, cortical blindness, and other visual abnormalities. Most cases of posterior reversible encephalopathy syndrome will resolve in a couple of weeks. If blood pressure and other inciting factors are controlled, however, there is always a risk that the patient will develop cerebral edema and other fatal complications. Patients with preeclampsia and eclampsia also have an increased risk for developing cardiovascular disease later in life.